Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that my skincare has become about longevity now. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going It's like, I'd really like to look after myself now. And this is an act of looking after yourself. It's not an act of proving yourself to anyone. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives, the podcast in which I, Madeleine Spencer, invite a guest to reflect on the parts of their life story where beauty rituals or products have played a role and how what they saw in the mirror or perceive they saw in the mirror has had an impact. Today I'm joined by the singer-songwriter Joy Crooks who at the age of 20 has already been dubbed by Vogue as one of the most exciting artists to emerge on the music scene. The minute I walked into Joy's house, I was swept up in the atmosphere of it. Incense was burning and Joy's gentle, lilting voice merging with the tinkle of her earrings and the background sounds of traffic in Elephant and Castle felt like a uniquely London lullaby, which struck me as being precisely the essence Joy manages to capture in her music. If you think that all sounds a bit poetic, go and listen to Joy's music and you'll understand why that side of me really switched on after spending time with her. In the episode, we talk about her distaste for makeup as a teen, how she wants to reclaim her monobrow, about the traits she's inherited from her Pakistani mother and Irish father, about the knocks she's had in the industry, and about how she safeguards her mental health. Here's Joy. I want to get you to tell people how much jewellery you're wearing right now and a little bit about what you look like because when I came in I was just completely mesmerised by the fact that you're sort of bogged down with this jewellery and you look so peaceful and kind of at home. Um, Enough to make it rattle in this recording basically. Yeah. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rings on. Yeah. I've got um, one, two, three, four, five earrings in, five not small earrings in. And I've got uh, three necklaces on with, like, um, six charms on them. Are you someone who takes them off before you go to bed? No, the necklaces stay on. Really? Okay. That's why it looks like this. Yeah, so they get all tangled up. Because I wear a lot during the day, but I have to, like, fastidiously, like, unravel them at night. No, I I definitely just have lots of... I take the rings off and the earrings. Yeah. This earring I don't take off. Yeah. neither do I take off these small ones here. So I think it's fair to say that you're a fan of adorning yourself quite a lot yeah I guess so yeah were you like that as a kid um yeah 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 I used to wear like clothes just didn't shouldn't have been comfortable so if I said to you what's your earliest memory of something to do with picking up jewelry or makeup or a beauty product and wanting to put it on you probably like on my mum's makeup she yeah. had loads of heels I used to wear those mm-hmm. I've fallen down the stairs in my house about six times okay one of the times was I tried to ride a bicycle down the stairs but actually um yeah I'd just go and sneak in and wear my mum's heels and end up falling down the stairs but like they weren't a small set of stairs I'd properly fall proper tumbles yeah yeah um and and use all her makeup (coughs) as well and you were one of four uh yes okay and so your parents your dad is Irish from North Dublin yeah and your mum is Bangladeshi yeah so where did they meet 
My mum was serving him sandwiches at his office and she kind of apparently just kind of forced him out on a date. And then so they have you and you grow up in Elephant and Castle. Mm -hmm. What was Elephant and Castle like when, in your recollection when you were growing up? It was very communal. It was bleak at times. Mm. Um, When the sun didn't shine and things were going on, like there were fights or... I don't know. It's you know, it was an area full of ethnic minorities mm-hmm. who weren't exactly. We were all kind of working class or came from a working class background. So it was um, at times it could be pretty bleak in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of it, it just made us quite communal. I remember one of my youngest memories was wondering why everyone was so angry here. Okay. Um, and not knowing how to intellectualize that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I know now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I always felt other, definitely. The way you looked, so you're darker skin, you've got dark hair. Did that affect the way you felt about yourself when you were young? No. Oh, really? No, not at all. Okay. But so, just because everyone, you know, if anything, there, were, there, were, there weren't many white people in the area. Mm-hmm. My dad's white. And the majority of people that I grew up with were of some sort of heritage. So. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of black people in this area as well. Um, and we live next to Bengali families and mm-hmm. stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just didn't know anyone Bengali Irish. Okay. So, um, and there's a lot of Latin people here as well. And obviously, I have the same complexion and stuff. Yeah, I think that my personality was the thing that felt anonymous. Right, okay. um, and then that reflected onto my skin, you know. Right. Um, Sometimes I, it goes the other way around, though. So it's interesting for you to say that actually your appearance wasn't the thing that made you feel different. It was what was inside you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I've always felt different full stop because I just haven't... Like, I don't know anyone that looks like me Mm because I don't know anyone Bangladeshi Irish. Yeah. And even the people I've seen... I've I've met one girl that happens to be the same age as my little brother. She's, like, six. Mm -hmm. And she walked out onto their nativity and I went, that girl reminds me of me because of her personality. Right. Then I looked over to see who she was waving at and I saw her Bangladeshi mum sitting next to a white man, which doesn't happen very often yeah. I went ha, imagine if he's Irish and he was Irish right okay so exactly the same mix as me and her personality was exactly the same too would you say that there are typically Irish or Bangladeshi traits personality traits that you have yeah probably okay mannerism I'd say the Bangladeshi side was the overfeeding people um caring coming across rude mm-hmm. in the sense of like telling you what to do but actually it coming from a place of care but then it's a bit of a matriarchy on the Irish side too so I don't know the Irish side definitely brings out my frankness mm-hmm. and um my my humor mm-hmm. is very Irish but is then it? again it's like I think that people, there's more ties in Bangladeshi Irish co- communities than people think we're really um there are a lot of similar they love taking a piss they love to wind you up because that's a, a form of affection but mm. Um, obviously if you do that to the wrong person they don't get it tell me about your accent then in terms of obviously your mum had an accent your dad had an accent yeah you're the only child of the two of them yeah so where did you get yours from and was that conscious thing um, no it wasn't conscious there was definitely you know I say things and people go what on earth does that mean and it will be expressions or it will be um so both in both Bangladeshi and Irish culture, we have lots of like superstitions and folklore as well, mm-hmm. and then just the pronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. And like I say, how do you say ceremony? Ceremony. So I say ceremony. I say Haribo. Haribo. I say. Um, Is that your mum, Haribo? No, it's my dad. Dad, dad. Yeah, my dad. Um, I imagine that in Irish accent. Yeah. Haribo. Hari. Haribo. 
to be honest, it's one of those things that I couldn't give you loads of examples. Yeah. It was just, it'd be when we were talking. Yeah. And sometimes I say, close the light. Oh, do you? Yeah. That really interests me because I had a friend whose mum said that. Her mum was Iranian and the mum used to say, make sure you close the light. And yeah. I'd always think, that's wrong, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it wrong? Well, yeah. my, my grandma um, spent some time in Iran. So it, yeah. Oh, there we go. That might come from that. When you're younger and you're kind of in that stage where kids are looking at pop stars and Disney princesses and things like that, yeah. was there anyone that you thought, I, I want that look, I want to be like that, that's, that's my person? Probably Kate Nash very weird because we obviously don't look anything alike well not only that because kate nash comes from an era that i would assume you're 20 so i would assume that kate nash pre predates you yeah i was obsessed were you i remember seeing foundations for the first time on mtv and just like my mouth was like i was just gobsmacked i'd never seen anyone like her Mm -hmm. and her dresses and her weird quirky style i don't know i mean i loved beyonce but i just didn't think i had like Obviously, I was a child, so I didn't think I had bloody sex appeal, but mm-hmm. it was just like, it was very, it just came off quite sexy, and I just, yeah. that wasn't my vibe. My vibe was just being quirky. I loved Kate Nash for that, and Lily Allen. Okay. I actually got to tell Lily Allen that I was like, oh, Did you? I wore trainers and dresses because of you. What did she say? She, I think she's just taken, you know, she knows how much she's influenced people. Yeah. She should know anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kate Nash I'm meant to be working with this year, which is just going to be wild. I mean, I used to take no. pictures of her into hairdressers and be like, can you give me this hair? Have you met her now? No, I've never met her. But you're going to work with her? Yeah. It's, it's absolutely mental. God. I was obsessed with yeah. her. You're an astonishingly talented singer. So at what point did you or did someone else say to you, Joy, you better take this seriously? It was just an extracurricular thing. Really? I just knew I kind of enjoyed it and mm-hmm. I just did it at school and there was a really good music department at my school. Mm-hmm. It was really small. It wasn't like Brit school or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was like <laughs> three people in my music class. But it, just, it was nice and it just felt like if you were part of the music kind of department at my school, then you could get on with people in their older years and stuff. And mm-hmm. there, was no, um, there wasn't very much disparity mm-hmm. between you all because you shared this kind of love for music. So just being like the bands and stuff. I didn't think that I would be a musician. Okay. You learned to play the guitar then? I learned at home. At what point did it become more serious? It was so gradual. My life has been so gradual. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, my mum was like, do you want to go to a singing lesson? I was like, all right, fine. Yeah, Yeah, not really, but... Mm -hmm. So I did a few of them and I hated them. What did you hate about them? Just that it felt like I was trying to be moulded into some, like, artist. And I was like, I just like singing, leave me alone. Yeah. And then um, and then I met a few people. And I just, like, would write songs. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't for anything but myself. Yeah. It was just a really cool thing to do. I asked you before we started recording what your, whether you had a set process for writing songs. And you no. said, absolutely not. You so wake up in the middle of the night and have, like a verse idea and just start singing a verse and then the next thing you know it's a song you know mm. like when I wrote Don't Let Me Down I um, went to a jam session in Spain and they started playing these chords that sounded a bit like Don't Let Me Down but they weren't the same and I just started singing Don't Let Me Down and then everyone clapped but no one was listening for the rest of the yeah. jam session but for some reason they clapped for that and I had like my vocal my voice memos on recording mm-hmm. and then so I went home to like the, the flat I was staying in in Spain this is like the middle of nowhere in Spain mm, no one mm, speaks English you know mm. um, and just worked out the song so I wrote the melodies and stuff there I mm. just didn't know what to I don't know who was letting me down mm-hmm. 
I came here and I knew I've got a lot of songs where I know I need to sit on them mm-hmm. to understand what they're about and kind of almost let the lyrics give birth to themselves and I came here and my desk used to just be there and I just sat down and I had the Leonard Cohen lyric book because that used to really inspire me the way that he would use words and how he would put words together mm-hmm. and then it was just done it took me about 10 minutes Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Let's go back to when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I wonder for you when you started to put on makeup, think about maybe your skin, maybe mm-hmm. were you looking after your body? Tell me what, tell um, me what, where mom, beauty figure so for you. in year seven, my mum used to slap me in the face every morning with this like weird eczema cream that was really oily. It was right. like an emollient. Was it Balnoim? No, it was like an emollient. Okay. He used to just like make my fringe really, really greasy and pop <laughs> my hair really greasy. And she used to do the same with olive oil when I was in primary school. I hated makeup. I hated it. I thought it was the devil. Why? I just came up with these con- like preconceptions of things when I was a kid. Never, ever, ever. I told myself never go on a weighing scale. Okay. Never, um, never don't, never not eat what you want to eat. Right. Um, don't listen to what they say about birth control. Don't listen to what... I just had, like... I In was terms of taking it or not taking it? Anything. Yeah. Like, side effects. Just women, absolutely, we love to shove it into people's faces. Our one friend that happened to have another friend whose friend... Whose friend... And then, oh, she took the birth control and she gave birth to a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... it Things... I just think each to their own. And I was the same with... Make, I just... I thought makeup was really bad as well. I thought being... 12 or 13 I should not be interested in it mm-hmm. and that sounds so granny of me but I just I told myself that, you know just don't get into it mm-hmm. you see these girls who are 14 15 who have to like powder themselves up and make up every morning fair enough if they don't feel like they're comfortable but I don't want to get to a point where I'm uncomfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. and so let me just not let that happen <laughs> yeah wow so you're quite careful then with I just used to cast my friends out I'd be like why are you putting that on you don't mm-hmm. need it Mm. they were like you don't get it Joy and of course I didn't get it of course I didn't get it but I just I was so stubborn in the thought that makeup just led to insecurity so when did that start to change for you because now you're wearing yellow nail polish Mm. and on my toes and on your toes which I can't see but the yellow on your hands looks great you've got you know kind of like lovely flick on and your makeup looks really well done so at what point did that change for you at what point did you start to wear makeup I cared about hair a lot. Okay. 
and I, I've hair on your head or hair body my, hair hair on my head and body hair because I've, as you can see I've got a monobrow now and I'm actually purposely trying to reclaim that because I hated it so much yeah and all I wanted to do when I was 12 was remove it somehow mm-hmm. like my first day at a threading shop was the best thing ever but actually the hair on my head I've always been um, really really into keeping my hair neat and tidy and I think that comes from elephant growing up in South London because girls know how to look after their hair here. right like, it's ridiculous like a lot of my best friends at school who were of like African background mm-hmm. they I'd watch them get their hair done and the love and affection and care and hours that went into mm-hmm. their the blood sweat and tears that went into their hair and same with the Latin girls how they'd have these certain bobbles and they'd stick their edges in a certain way and it was a thing for me yeah. as a girl in South London to have good hair. So what did that look like for you then? What was your routine? I'd always slick it back. I'd slick it into a ponytail. With a product? Yeah, I had like this really um, non-flaky gel. Right, okay. Because um, like, my hair's quite thick, so I needed, you know, or I'd, I'd do a little braid here and there. Mm-hmm. And now I've kind of upgraded to like putting, you know, Bangladeshi traditional things into my hair or like... I think this was a pretty complex hairstyle as well. I, it's a very accomplished hairstyle. It's, it's like half up with a... Is that a scrunchie? Yeah, but it's on like, top. It's quite... And it's quite... Um, and then a clip at the front, yeah. Yeah, but it's quite 1960s. My boyfriend even says he's like, you're, you're like a geezer, but as soon as it comes to your hair... Right. It's like, you need, you need your... My it's your thing. Like, it's my thing. Has it always been really long? No. Okay. No, no, no. I had a bob. I did, yeah. Yeah, just to look like Dora the Explorer. Um... <laughs> So, no, it hasn't always been long, but I've always cared about hair. So I think that care then started to shift into my skin. Mm -hmm. And it's only the last two years, honestly, two, three years, that I've really... You know, I never wore foundation, ever. I wear it sometimes now, and I started that about two years ago. And I've slowly gotten into skincare, and and I have a night routine. Mm -hmm. um, So tell me, can you give me, like, say, five products that you really like? I use the Clarins, um, the kind of new pop stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I use their Blue Orchid oil as yeah. well. I use that in the morning, um, which I run out of, so I feel pissed, but it's <laughs> amazing for your skin. Um, I use Kiehl's. I use their SPF. Yeah. Um, I think that my skincare has become about longevity now, mm-hmm. and not that I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to suck. It's like, I'd really like to look after myself now, and this is an act of looking after yourself. It's not an act of proving yourself to anyone. It's not an act of, oh, you're insecure. It's like, actually, when I was 17, I wouldn't go out without makeup, and I, that's when I really got into the kind of insecure phase of right. um, wearing makeup all the time. Now it feels like it's about care. Yeah. Hence why my nails are done. I went and did this yesterday because I knew I was really stressed. Go get my nails done. Mm-hmm. I don't always get them done. These are fake, actually, because I'm going to Cuba and I wanted them to last for as long as possible. But I grew mm-hmm. out my nails. I used to bite them. Even yesterday, I went to the nail shop and they were shocked at how long my nails were because I grew them out. I did my toes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's self-care now, and mm-hmm. I think that that's the huge differentiation for me. Does that extend into other things for you, like, say, having baths or yoga or things that you can't I see? I exercise, but right. that's for my mental health. I'm really... Um, and I love doing like quite hardcore stuff. I want to be tough, like yeah. I want to be strong. Um, and it's the same. I do the same for a leg and, and back and core workout. Mm-hmm. Just it's not about making my bum look any type of way. It's about like I don't know. It's about like strength in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, not very flexible, so yoga didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I dance as well. 
you mentioned mental health and that is that something for you that you're just aware of now because it's a big part of the conversation and you want to safeguard or is it something that has you've had problems with in the past I've just suffered from mental health issues before it was like as uh, as open to speak about as it is now mm-hmm. I've just always had mental health issues in terms of anxiety or I've had I've been like diagnosed with anxiety depression um since I was like I think the first ever counselling or therapy session I had was on, I was like 11 fleeting feelings I didn't understand um you know you can have points where you become slightly suicidal because it's symptomatic of your depression um I've always been you know I've always suffered from mental health issues mm-hmm. just how I've always been just something I've always had. do you feel like now that people are talking about it more obviously that was nine years ago when it really wasn't as spoken about do you feel like it's better now for people and is it better for you I think it's amazing for our generation I think that um sometimes Twitter can be kind of problematic and the people like and she's admitted it herself but when Billie Eilish says certain things mm-hmm that are quite provoking and slightly triggering. I think she's realised, because she was quite young, mm. that that kind of stuff can be problematic. And she says, she says it herself. She says, don't tweet everything you think. Mm. Um, so I think that sometimes, you know, I can be online and just see things that are just... You're exposed to a lot, you know, and it can mm. be very dangerous, especially to your mental health. And, yeah, it's the obvious stuff, like, oh, those girls are pretty on Instagram you've got an unfollow button for a reason you know you can mute these kinds of things I think it's more like the stories you hear and 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 the treatment of people that look like you or climate change there's a real thing with people's mental health being interlinked to what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. and how much they are um, exposed to that Mm -hmm. so I think that there's just triggers everywhere that's not I don't know if that's ever going to change because naturally you know you as a person, whether the internet or not exists, a lot of people tell me things that I know that they haven't been able to tell that many people, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to mental health, because I am so open about it. Mm. Um, and it's had massive physical... Um, it's had massive phys- physical effects on me as well. I suffer from alopecia. I just, I've got loads of stress-induced um, problems. I have a r- inflamed rib cartilage because of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not music, that's just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. And um, finding avenues in my life to kind of keep me from the peaks and troughs being less, yeah. have less of a dip than that, it, that's all I want. I'm not asking to be content all the time because then I, it's actually those that make things, everything a little bit better mm-hmm. and make me more grateful and realise what I have. Do you see a therapist? Right I've now? seen like I've it's, I've seen therapists for like seven years. Yeah. Um, there's an amazing there's an amazing uh, website called Barton, which is the Black African and Asian Therapy Network, um, which is a little bit more affordable and also um, really good for people from ethnic backgrounds. Because mm-hmm. I mean, mental health in our fa- families and communities is unfortunately generationally not really spoken about. Yeah. Um, so finding that kind of stuff out is amazing so I kind of tell people about that I've had my boyfriend and I have put quite a few people onto that website mm-hmm. I'm a patron for a suicide charity as well which one? we're a suicide home called Maytree mm-hmm. um, and they're open 365 days a year and you can stay for four nights to five days 
mm. and um, and basically when you're just you're really on your last legs that's a place where you can go to and hopefully walk out and um, not feel mm. dependent on the home but feel like you can be back on your feet in terms of your moving now into a phase where you're beginning to be recognised for what you do mm. and social media and being looked at and you know talked about is a bigger thing how are you managing that Mm. not well I don't like going out full stop so it just makes it worse it's beautiful that people recognize me and, and want to say things and want to have moments of oh this song did this or oh my goodness are you joy I love when you did that, or la 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 la, and that's beautiful. And I actually really love talking to people that come up to me because, number one, that some a lot of people are really really nervous, and mm-hmm. I find that quite funny because they don't realise that I get nervous as well. Um, especially when people come up to me and talk to me, I'm just like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's just it's you know it's just weird knowing that you can go out and people might know who you are. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not at that level of fame anywhere near it. So I, there's not that much to worry about. It's kind of like London circuit, London mm. scene. But in terms of social media and stuff, because do you do that yourself? Yeah. So that's a really open platform where people can contact you and talk to you. Mm. And I would assume you get quite a lot of. No, I just don't read them. I, really, I don't read a lot of messages, especially the ones that are full of shite. I do try and get back to as many as I can that are. Yeah. You know, you can see and feel come from a genuine place, but just you've got to deal with a lot of mm-hmm. just shy and also I've got to protect myself and yeah. just I don't owe anything to anyone you know I don't I don't owe half-hearted messages I'd rather see it and appreciate it than mm. have to reply in some sort of way I don't know you, you know? yeah I know that sounds rude but it's like um I'd rather it be a genuine encounter mm-hmm well, you've only got so much of yourself to give, don't you, and so much just, energy. I don't like yeah. social media. I say, it, I say, I put it on my story all the time, like, thanks for the messages. I just yeah. hate social media. When you're getting ready to go and do a performance now, what do you have a process? And also, has <clears throat> being on stage informed the way you make yourself up and the way you dress? Yeah, when, when I'm on stage, I like to wear things that are have a certain fit to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, to make me feel comfortable. That are tight, you mean? Or? No, no. Okay, <laughs> the opposite. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, sometimes I can wear a tight top. I think in the beginning I needed to wear things that were flowy on my arms, mm-hmm. come in on my waist a little bit and go flow out on my legs again just because I needed. I just felt really awkward on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'd ever wear like a slinky tight dress on no. stage. It's not really my it's vibe. not your vibe, yeah. No. Do you wear more makeup? I get my best friend to do my makeup. Okay. She just, I let her do whatever. She's like, should we try this out today? I'm like, sure. Do you think you'd ever be inclined to like put like glitter on or like, you know, no, bright colours? Glitter's or... boring. I think that we do like, we do weird things like we should put dots you on You say me. that I'm a big fan of glitter. Like, oh. But like, you must use it well. It just doesn't work for me. It just looks like a unicorn. Oh no, no, no. I don't use it well. I just enjoy it for its like sparkliness. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, but I like dots and so she'll draw dots um, with eyeliner on me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, around your eyes? Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Stuff like that. Or she'll use, like, pink eyeliner or whatever. I don't, to be honest with you, she'd hate me if I said any of this because I don't actually know what she does. Tell me about the time that you worked with a producer and they knocked your confidence slightly. Um, I just... It's a bit of a sticky situation, mm. that. Um, 
you can work with people that have a certain hustle about them that makes them feel inclined to build you up and let you fall down in front of them. Mm-hmm. Not that they are from coming from a malicious place, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they realise how words... You know, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt. Words can absolutely crush you at certain points in your career. And being... Um, you know, smoke being blown up your ass mm-hmm. in the beginning of your career is fucking detrimental, especially to someone that's like me, mm-hmm. where I was doubtful and I didn't have much confidence. So anyone said, anyone that I respected blowing smoke up my ass, and there's a big difference between complimenting you. Compliments are different to blowing smoke. Mm-hmm. You're a 16-year-old girl and you're, you're, you're vulnerable and you lack loads of confidence in general and you're working out who you are as an artist. Someone blows smoke up your ass. It's just not the one Mm -hmm. it's not it's how can I say this it's just um, it can it can make you the victim Mm -hmm. and you feel reliant on the person that may have blown the smoke you feel like oh my god if they don't approve of me then I can't approve of me Mm -hmm. and this sick cycle kind of begins and to extract myself from that cycle, I went, fuck everyone, I'm downloading Logic, I'm going to spend three months at my house and I'm going to learn how to use it. Right. So I did. I made a mixtape, mm-hmm. just for myself. So your own control? Just produced the whole thing myself, yeah. My own control, like, just... I don't want to rely on... Not that I don't want to rely on people, I love collaborating. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, someone once said to me, um, you know, you, you... Girl, you got to have a only the best players become the best players because they have the best coach mm-hmm. and I went fuck off when I think about my favourite artists they are my favourite artists because they have stayed consistent throughout all the people they've collaborated with right you know you know, you hear that person if you think of any one yeah. of your favourite artists you hear them in mm-hmm. everything you don't mm-hmm. hear the co-write you don't hear the fucking producer don't get me wrong I'm mm-hmm. not under looking producer I think they do an incredibly hard job mm-hmm. and they're amazing but for someone to almost own an artist and an artist like me it just made me go mad yeah so you want con- ownership of your own it's not it's not that it's just it's of course I want ownership everyone wants ownership of their art I think it was more so I wanted ownership of my vulnerability mm-hmm. and my confidence and my trust in people mm-hmm. and um and I wanted to be able to rely on myself and go, right, okay, if he can't answer my phone call today or can't, no, that's fine, he's just being a bit of a prick today, that's fine, and mm-hmm. I'll just get on with my stuff. Instead of, oh, my God, he's not answering the phone call, he thinks I'm shit, mm-hmm. oh, my God, my life's over, la, 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 la. Yeah. Because that's what it became. Tell me about your tattoos. Um, as far as my parents are concerned, I have two. I have another two, but they're very hidden, they're very small, and they're kind of like wings on my back. Okay. Um, that sounds so corny, but it's like, if this is underneath your bra strap where your rib is, just yeah. underneath your armpit, they're both here. So okay. I, I barely see them myself. I've forgotten that I've got them. Okay. They're two numbers. Did you get them first? No. Which one did you get first? I got Frank first. On the back of your arm? Uh-huh. Why Frank? It's my granddad's name. It's just the mentality of my family. Yeah. I got it when he was alive and then he died. Oh. Um, but he, I was just very close to him. Just like, and it just... I don't know, I knew for my first tattoo I wanted meaning. Yeah. And uh, ironically, I asked the guy, look, just write it out in loads of different fonts and I'll come and choose one. And 
there was just one font that looked just like the way my dad writes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in my dad's handwriting, but it's my granddad's name, yeah. and it's the mentality of my entire family. Yeah. Just to keep it 100. Yeah. We keep it very straightforward. Yeah. Um, this one here, untucked behind my arm. Yeah. That says Moon in Bengali, mm-hmm. or in Bangla. Um, and that's actually for my other granddad. I used to make a joke to my mum that he lives on the moon when I was a kid. He used to stand outside the front of the house and be like, oh, he's here. She'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And Because and, he passed away when she was nine, so I always mm. felt quite sorry that you know, I never got to meet my grandfather and she never got to really have her dad. Mm-hmm. So I used to just stand outside the house and be like, he's there. She'd be Aww. like, what are you on about? And I'd be like, well, your dad, he lives on the moon. Aww. And she just... <laughs> so ever since then, every time her and I see the moon... It's a little moment for us. We think that he's there, mm. even though he obviously isn't on the moon. But yeah. Um, and then uh, the two numbers, um, I've got 17 and 47 on me. Wow. 47's my lucky number because I won a Haribo jar. <laughs> and when my dad was 47, I was like, right, he's 47, so I'm going to say 470. Just add a little zero on there. And I won the jar. One of those things where you have to guess how many are in there. Yeah, I just, I've nev- never yeah. won anything in my yeah. life. So yeah. I was just, that was gas. Yeah. Um, 47's also the age that Frida Kahlo died. Mm-hmm. 47 is um, a number that Capital Steez, he's a rapper that used to be best friends with Jerry Badass. He's one of my favourite rappers. Mm-hmm. And um, he was obsessed with the number 47. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, a be- like, mark me if I'm wrong, I'm just going to be talking absolute shite, but... Um, I believe that people believe Babylon will come in 2047 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know about that part, but I've just read so many. 47 feels significant to you. I just like the number. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it is the most random number as well. And what's the other number? 17. Why is that? It's the year I got kicked out. What age I got kicked out. Mm-hmm. Or Sorry, let me take that back. It's the age that I lived by myself. 17 is very young to live by yourself. It is. When I came in here, you were wafting incense around the house. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, to finish, if you could talk a bit about scent and whether that's really important to you, not just in terms of perfume, but if there's a perfume you love, but also, like, whether you're someone who finds scenting a space quite important to your mood. Mm, yeah, I do. And I think it's because of my partner. Um, he really got me into scent. Mm. I've always been into incense because it relaxed me. But he works in fragrance and he's taught me so much. I love like a, a gardenia smell. Mm-hmm. I love anything with oud in it. Mm-hmm. But it has to be like, I like woody smells as well. Wood and oud smell really good on my skin. Um, I love Portrait of a Lady by Frederick yeah. Mayer. But I think that's kind of a given go to, um, which makes me like it a little bit less because then you kind of you know it. And I prefer ones you don't know. Um, I like some of the stuff at Hermes because mm-hmm. Hermes make their own perfume mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Chanel perfume or anything like that mm-hmm. I think a lot of branded perfume is generally quite bad because they all use the same perfume yeah. um, anything that's a parfum like not anything yeah. that's a uh, toilet or yeah so you like a proper cologne. proper perfume yeah. yeah toilets are nice but I just like something to stay on my skin yeah uh, for a long time and to develop I love that the smell develops um, and when he gets around to it, I'm going to ask him to make me some oil blends because he still hasn't bloody nice. done it yet. But he yeah. makes oil blends as well, and we diffuse okay. that in the house. Nice. Yeah. Well, no wonder it smells so good in here. <laughs> it, that is my favourite. Um, that's my favourite um, incense. It's Which one tr- is it? Tree of Life by Nag Champa.
nice it's really nice it smells really like it's it just made me feel really hazy and then yeah. listening to your voice as well i'm suddenly like feel like quite sleepy <laughs> i speak in a really low voice yeah you yeah. do it's really calming it's like kind of like i'd like you to read me bedtime stories maybe you should do like a podcast where you just send just me read yeah. bedtime stories. yeah exactly just like the most savage bedtime stories but in this voice but in this lovely dreamy voice yeah, yeah. Maybe. oh well thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.